When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the main event, Mark Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia, the main event collector, and the figure hunting warrior. He is the abyss to my James Mitchell. Click Doomsday. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? That's almost a compliment. I'll take it. I liked Abyss. I think you did too, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I almost did the AJ Styles and uh, uh, Rhino one, but I was like, eh, you'd want to be AJ, but at the same time, I'm not going to be the guy from Detroit. So I couldn't do that one. Uh, so I was like, eh, this works. And hey, I think Abyss is making more money now than he ever has, and he doesn't ever have to step foot in the ring again. So he was on TV last night. Uh, spoiler, we record a little early. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You, uh, was, was it a? He was breaking break up a fight. fight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, and in the same fight, Hurricane Helms took a hard right to the ice at the Charlotte Flair. <laughs> wow. I don't think he was joking, by the way. He said he had a bruise on his face. <laughs> hey man, if you're if uh, you're gonna send an agent to break up a fight, uh, I would send Abyss. Right. <laughs> Today we are talking about TNA Destination X 2007 as we continue our journey through the year 2007 in TNA. Get it, TNA, because it sounds like a sexual pun. (laughs) Bro! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we'll get into that. There may be a companion piece of this, by the way. We'll get into that. Yeah, well, uh, well, well, when we get to the match, we'll talk about it and all that good stuff. But uh, real quick, before we get into all the news and notes, we're going to take this quick break to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all of your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at fanatics.com. The link is down in the podcast description. When you go to check out, just let them know that the main event marks and Burns sent you. 
We are also sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. So go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, for 15% off your order. That is Main Event Marks, all one word, 15% off your order at swiftlifestyles.com. Also, I do want to direct you to our link tree. It is linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. There you can get links to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as all the links to wherever you can hear the podcast and our YouTube channel, as well as our two, count them, two merchandise stores on Redbubble and Bonfire. That is if you go to linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. That is the easiest place to find everywhere that you can hear us, watch us, and communicate with us. Speaking of our YouTube, there is new content being posted on there almost every single day, and we are growing by leaps and bounds on YouTube. We are very proud of the work that we do there, uh, not only with our regular wrestling podcast stuff but every once in a while we'll cover current stuff here and there we do have more video elements coming and we also have marks on media as a whole playlist on there which includes some talk about uh, marks on tv marks on movies marks on games more coming with the marks on games now that both greg and i have wwe 2k22 so we're going to be doing more videos and more talks about that coming up uh so more content pal if you go to youtube.com forward slash c forward slash main event marks podcast that is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash main event marks podcast but now uh, we are done with that we are going to take our first break when we come back on the other end of this there's actually a decent amount of news and notes to get to today which uh, you don't always get for 2007 but here we are say a lot of wrestlemania yeah right Yep, there are some uh, pre-WrestleMania talks that we'll get into right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash Slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. that's B-R-O. K-A-S-T. Hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. And we're back. Time to talk about all the news and notes from March of 2007. This first story, I'm like, wow. Uh, didn't know this was a thing. But the that always gets me. Right. <laughs> The reason Ricky Steamboat was shown using the name on Raw this past week during the Nick Bockwinkle Hall of Fame segment is because he had finalized a deal with his ex-wife, Bonnie, and thus he owns the rights to the name Ricky the Dragon Steamboat yet again. This move would enable WWE to use him in some sort of uh, legend capacity as a character, making merchandise on him, and at some point induct him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Two years later. Right. I have a lot of questions about this, though. It's like, why did Bonnie own the rights to his name? I, I think I heard she was his manager back when they were married. So, I mean, I don't know. I still don't know if that answers the question, but. <laughs> That's just weird. I, I don't know. Apparently, the hockey like talk her, man owned the Patriots. Does he? I think so. So, I mean, yes. I know it's not the same, but it's like, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, why do people own these things? Yeah, like when you found <laughs> out that uh, I, this one makes a little more sense, but like. Uh, Jimmy Hart owned Rock House, the NWO, yeah. or the NWO theme. That yeah. that one was a little weird. I I was like, okay, <laughs> but I guess if you uh, see some kind of intellectual property, there's you could potentially make money. You're gonna grab it. Yeah, uh, right. just, it's just weird. <laughs> According to people who have talked about the matter, they said Bonnie was really hard to work with. She kind of screwed up some aspects of Ricky's career, kind of you know leading him in the wrong direction. And yeah, uh, nobody really seemed to like her. So I don't know. I wasn't there, obviously. I don't know anything about the situation, but that's, I didn't think you were a thought. <laughs> yeah, right. That's like that was uh, that's that's what I know about it. Little uh, little Richie there. He, he was well. You saw Bonnie and Little Richie during the '89 trilogy he had with Ric Flair. Now in the archives, by the way. 
So you can see that during a couple of his entrances against Flair. Oh, man. Speaking of uh, just weird things here. On a recent edition of Hillbilly's Moonshine Matinee on Sirius, Sirius's Channel 63, he mentioned that JR will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay. I do remember him being the very last announced one, too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, was this the first time it was announced by somebody named Hillbilly on something called Moonshine Matinee on Sirius XM Radio? Why don't we ignore how easy it is to poke a joke at the Oklahoma and the Hillbilly? Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's just all kinds of white in this article. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, Boomer Singer. Hey, I will say this, though. If anybody deserved to go in the Hall of Fame as an announcer, it was good old J.R. Jim Ross. Go and put Mike Adley in, though. Oh, yeah. uh, Jeff Harvey. uh, Hardy. What what were Uh, some of the. I know he had quite a few gaffes. There was Jeff Harvey. There was another one that that he got laughed at for. I can't even remember. The Summerfest? No, that was Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Uh, Kofi Johnson, or that might have been that uh, dumb NASCAR guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I just he had a few of them. They, there's like compilations on YouTube. If people go look up Mike Adamley, it's uh, it's not pretty. The fact that they let him flounder like that for so long, I'm like, why? Why does he have a job? I feel like he became a gimmick at some point. Let's see what he can yeah. mess up this week. <laughs> <laughs> God dang it, pal! You think you think Vince was doing that? He was sitting in the back of the ha ha. He effed up again. It's hilarious. I would have. Mike, you're doing a stand up job. <laughs> stand up comedian, sure. Yeah, right. Uh, WWE has had recent talks with Chris Jericho about returning to the promotion this September. If a deal is reached at this point, there is talk of him being placed on the Raw brand. TNA president Dixie Carter is also pursuing him. Jericho's band Fozzie has been featured in several TNA shows since he left WWE. He would come back to Niagara Survivor Series, so two months later than anticipated. Yeah, so... He would be on the Raw brand. I don't think... Which return was this? Was this the one where he didn't talk? No, or was this, no, this is the one where uh, that Save Us 222, I think, was it? Uh, yeah, the, the code where, where he chopped his hair off, did the code breaker stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That one I remember. Yeah, because I think the fact that there's a uh, which Jericho is this is pretty funny, (laughs) right? Yeah, the I remembered that one because he had long hair or his bobbed haircut, whatever, in the TNA, like the videos they had. We we call it a Karen haircut. Good Lord. Yeah. and, And the thing is, I think he didn't he mock. Shawn Michaels for his little Dutch boy haircut. And then he goes and gets his chopped off like that. She did. You know, we I, we talked before about, I don't know if this was on the podcast or just off, you know, not recording, but how Jericho's said stuff about the Miz ripping him off, whatever. It's like, didn't Jericho rip off a lot of stuff from Shawn Michaels? Yeah, but that doesn't count. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, no, he's a, he's an originator. Uh, well, I mean, he's an originator of ripping off people, right? <laughs> wow. No. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if you want to look at the lineage of, like, uh, superstar Billy Graham to... Uh, the body Ventura to Hulk Hogan, that whole evolution down there. Yeah. I like how like Hulk Hogan was like, I'm not really, I, I'm going to take a couple of things like, you know, the brother and whatever, but I'm not going to make it too obvious. Then he becomes Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He's like, you know, I'm going full on 
<laughs> superstar Billy Graham with this one. Tie-dye, feather boas, the, the facial hair, all of it. Like, it's been, what, three decades? Nobody will remember. I didn't. Yeah, well, I right. Like very young, I, but... Yeah, I didn't, <sighs> I didn't know until I was older, and I'm like, wait a minute. He did, what? Aw. Vince McMahon did not make the latest Forbes list of billionaires. 946 people made the list, including Donald Trump, who they valued at $2.9 billion. I hope mm. this is okay. Yeah. Like, I hope that man's sleeping at night. I really do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hope I hope he got to got to sleep well on his bed made of money while he dried his tears with $100 bills. <laughs> uh, well, you know, people were quick to, he's like, well, he says he's a billionaire and he's not really a billionaire. He's just a multimillionaire. It's like, oh, God. Like you said, I hope it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and Trump comes in. He's like, uh, excuse me. Actually, I'm the biggest billionaire, okay? Billions. Billions and billions, okay? I wanted a real billionaire. I call Bill Gates. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, we saw what, hey, we saw what Bill Gates did on uh, that episode of South Park. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so you just gotta start having fun with life, right? Like, what else you got to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> got that big prison tattoo on his chest and just beating up the, the guy who runs Sony. Uh, speaking of Donald Trump, he was on a New York City radio station promoting Raw and WrestleMania. This time around, he remembered Bobby Lashley's name. Last time, he forgot Lashley's last name and thought it was his last name was Lizzie or Lindsay. However, this time, he didn't remember Umaga's name. He just referred to Umaga as, quote, a young gentleman from Samoa who weighs 400 pounds. <laughs> that could be anybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that narrows it down, Donald. Uh, Trump said that Lashley needs to win or he would have to disappear for six months until his hair grew back. Uh, well, wow. I mean, we, oh. we would all miss that marvelous mop. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> this whole story, man. <laughs> We thought this would be a good idea, by the way. Oh, someone's going to lose their hair. That'd be Vince, right? Yeah, right. I'm so confused by this whole situation in many in many aspects. First of all, if you listen to like Pritchard and Austin, whatever they say, Trump was a great sport and he was into it and everything. But then he goes on the radio to promote it and he's like, yeah, I don't remember anybody's name. <laughs> and then... He probably uh, remember his damn secretary's name. Right like amy and it's like uh sir you fired amy last week brenda no you fired her last month get in here <laughs> who are you you're fired don't correct me again you're amy now he's a legal pad to write all the names down <laughs> right <laughs> yeah he just like pulls out this like shopping list and he starts marking names off but the other thing about this is like Pritchard talked about how Vince hated hair versus hair angles because he said he's like I don't get it he's like you can just grow your hair back who gives a damn well, in that respect, he's right, but it's supposed to be a humiliation thing, right? Yeah, I know. That's what Pritchard was trying to say. He's like, some people really like their hair. He's like, you don't see how that's like a, a humiliating thing. You get shaved in, in front of everybody because you lost. Like, he said Vince just didn't get it. Like, the whole brothers don't feud. Brothers got a hug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Tommy Boy reference in there already. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I got a Vince McMahon slash Chris Farley reference in. Who, who can say that? <laughs> Where else? What other podcast do you get that kind of quality on, huh? You tell me that. We're, bring, we're bringing the goods. I like it. <laughs> right? 
But yeah, I don't know. Some some of the stuff that's that's why I'm confused. I'm like, so your whole feud was about getting your head shaved, though. So I don't know. It worked. They had did a humongous buy rate, obviously. Number one, biggest one ever. Right. Uh, a WrestleMania match or a new WrestleMania match has been announced on WWE.com. It's Melina versus Ashley for uh, the WWE Women's Championship. And that was a asses in seats one. Man, I, I don't remember it off the top of my head. I'm going to assume it was a barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the Man. Battle of the Billionaires is doing well, whatever. It's a nice little, you know, side match, whatever. But what we really need to draw the money is Molina versus Ashley Massaro for the women's title. Okay, that, well, that's going to sell the final 20,000 seats, okay? <laughs> you mean like uh, final 40,000 because they probably over played at the uh, attendance for that too oh well yeah of, of course well actually you know what i was told would uh, you know from a from somebody at the the arena who had a clicker <laughs> uh speaking of the news a lot i feel like you should talk about him more but never mind <laughs> right uh, as the time was recorded i was gonna say he pronounced somebody practically dead and he's wrong so that's all oh well in all in all the crap. rumor mills you can see you, you can see all the places that exclusively just read the observer and then they're like i'm gonna report it like i came up with it because <laughs> all these places are taking that and running with it william regal practically dead william regal <laughs> says a couple hours later i've never felt healthier <laughs> yeah i was talking about a health scare in 2018 like for god's sake <sighs> these people are so stupid and 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 the thing is idiots will buy into it and they'll believe uncle dave over william okay. regal himself you are uh, you're being so literal with that because they literally buy into it. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, it's it's sad and pathetic, but you know, here we are. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania, though, the TD Waterhouse Arena in Orlando, Florida, is currently slated to host WrestleMania 24. It does uh, go to Orlando. Yeah, I don't know if it was at the TD Waterhouse Arena. Where? Oh, it was at the Orange Bowl. Oh, that's oh, yeah, Bowl. that's right. That's right. I remember uh, because they said something about at the time. I don't know if they've updated it since then, but they said it was. A, they have because I went to 33. It was pretty nice. Yeah, they said it was a crap hole at 24 and they had to go in. They spent like a week just making it look presentable. And everybody said they're like, it looked like a completely different venue by the time WWE got their hands on it. There, There's something to be said for uh, putting money into dressing a place up. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, my only gripe is it was so damn hot. I mean, blistering hot. Uh, which one? 33. 30, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Orlando, uh, that time of year, yeah, it's uh, kind of a crapshoot, but usually it's going to be pretty hot. I think that's Orlando most of the year, though, to be <laughs> to be fair. Uh, Madison Square Garden in New York City will probably be getting the Royal Rumble next year. 2008, yes, they do. Okay. I, yeah, see, I don't remember the venues for, for places too well, unless it was something like really stood out in my mind for a reason. 2008 Rumble. I don't remember that one off the top of my head. Uh, who won that one? Uh, was it John Cena? Yeah, John Cena returns at the end. He's number 30. Oh, yeah, okay. Now I wrote, yeah. His infamous entrance. Yeah, that was 1000% MSG. Yeah, because I remember they come out the side. I remember. Okay. I think the only time they didn't come out the side was WrestleMania 20. Yeah, they built a whole stage for it. 
Yeah, and that one looked cool. I'm, I'm glad they did that. But yeah, every other time I've seen it, yeah, it's been they come out that side entrance. Uh, what? Which, which I sat on top of, by the way, during the New Japan show. Yeah, I remember you were sending me pictures. That was cool. Uh, the was it SummerSlam ninety eight or ninety nine? Ninety eight, right? Ninety eight, yeah, yeah. Uh, now in the archives, that one was was there, and they did like a Hell's Gate looking entrance. It pretty damn sweet. Uh, WWE is very interested in signing Mystico. Mystico had a tryout before SmackDown tapings on February 24th in San Jose, California. Uh, I was probably there. <laughs> his uh, tryout went very well and went over highly with within the uh, superstars and officials. When does Sinkara pop up in WWE? I don't think it's 10? like 2010, 11 or something like that. Yeah, I forget off the top of my head. Um, and I, I would wake up. I forget because I just don't care. <laughs> Sin yeah. Cara, I was figure is now with backstage maniacs. Oh, that's not Sin Cara. Never mind. Who was that? It was uh, uh, Kalistico or Kalisto? Uh, yeah, Kalisto with his backstage complaining action. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he pops up. Looks like 2010 ish or no 2011. Yeah, I didn't think it was right away. So they're yeah. interested in signing a guy, and they will in four years. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense because I I did leave. One thing out of the story, they said he just signed a new contract with CMLL and didn't really say anything at first, and it still had like four years left on the contract. So, now it makes sense. This past week, Goldberg stated that due to his age, he would never fight. However, he is still open for a return to the wrestling world. In TNA, if the offer is right, he also said that uh, TNA has yet to offer him the right offer. Previous negotiations were not up to par by his standards. Yeah, that never happens. Obviously. would be back for that uh, show we just saw, WrestleMania 33. Yeah. So he would never wrestle outside of WWE. I Actually, I take that back. I think he popped up in New Japan for a little while, maybe. Maybe one or two matches. It wasn't anything, you know, long term. But yeah, other than that, it's been all WWE or nothing. I, I mean, can you really blame him for not wanting to go to TNA? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee they weren't willing to pay him what he's getting paid now. <laughs> this one, man. Serotonin <laughs> officially have new names. <laughs> Johnny Devine is now known as Havoc. Kazarian. Oh, yeah. Kazarian is, <laughs> yep. Kazarian is now Kaz, and Matt Bentley is now known as Martyr. Okay, the castle wasn't bad at all. Uh, the rest... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the the fact that they called him Kaz, though, I'm like, okay, I'm not glad that what people call like, him now, though. Yeah, it's like I'm glad they didn't give him like a stupid name like Murder or Havoc, but uh, why? <laughs> and it was like when when you're talking to people who don't keep up with TNA and you mention Kaz, they're like, oh, Taz is in TNA? No, Kaz. Well, he like, was, wait, though. which one? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was in TNA at this time. That makes it even worse. <laughs> like, wait, uh, the commentators, the wrestling again? No, they, uh, Kaz, not Taz. Wait, what? I thought his name was Taz. Like, you know what? Never mind. Pay attention. <laughs> Enunciate. Jeez. Right. Uh, for WWF wrestler Mike Barton, a.k.a. Bart Gunn, is still under contract to Pride for two more fights. Wow, I didn't know he was a wrong pride. Uh, I didn't either. 
to eight years old. I knew he did some fighting. I didn't know he did pride. I'm going to go ahead and assume he never won a fight. I don't know, man. Like, that's uh, probably not. But because he was uh, with crazy. Yeah, he was on the dark side of the ring for uh, the Brawl for All. That's what I was thinking of. And I know he said something about doing some MMA, but, yeah, I had no idea. Uh, his mixed martial arts record is he's only had two fights. He's one and one. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, so apparently him. when did Pride officially shut down? 10, 11, I think. Wow. So I wonder how he got out of those two final fights. Because Dana White didn't want to? <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, yeah, because his first fight was uh, June 17th, 2006. He won uh, his fight. It, it was in Hawaii, and he won via TKO. And then his second fight, he lost See the name decision. On him? Uh, Wesley Correra. I think he actually fights for Bellator. I know that name. Huh. Yeah. Is that, that's the guy you beat? Yeah, that's the guy you beat. And who beat yeah. him? Who beat him? Uh, he lost via decision to Ikuhisa Nilawa or Minawa. I, I don't know. No clue. Yeah, I can't pronounce the name. Ikuhisa Minawa. If anybody knows the hell that is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Watch him end up being one of their bigger stars. We look like idiots because we didn't notice. <laughs> uh, no, apparently he's a uh, MMA fighter and professional wrestler currently competing in IGF is uh, as Manawa Man. Wow. Okay. <laughs> just That's a whole lot of what the F is going on. <laughs> Manawa Man? Yes. That sounds like a fancy type of water. You want one of the Manawa bottles of water? <laughs> hey, it's about as original as Super Eric. So <laughs> there's, there's that. MMA standout Gina Carano will once again fight uh, or will once again be featured in an Oxygen Network's reality show, Fight Girls. The second season premieres in June. The fights will be under Mai- uh, Muay Thai rules. I don't know. Have you think... heard about that? No. <laughs> But she's really that. close. To, she's really close to going to uh, what was that one that folded? Uh, Strike Force. Strike Force. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was at her last fight, and it was brutal. Oh, she got a cyborg. Kick. Cyborg picked her apart. Damn, that sucks. <sighs> yeah, fight girls on the Oxygen Network. Like what? Pretty sure the Oxygen Network was like for women only, and it's like okay, so I can understand the fight girls thing. Uh, there's not a huge female contingency in the MMA they're world. In, they're not even in the UFC at this point. Like Dana White's still being sexist about it, saying they'll never fight in the UFC. So that's still yeah. a thing right now. Right. I'm talking about even the fan base. Like, I, I don't. when you paint across the audience, if you see women, it, they're usually there with their boyfriends or husbands or something. All the fighters have been confirmed for the upcoming season of The Ultimate Fighter, which features an all-lightweight, 155-pound cast. The coaches will be former lightweight champion Jens Pulver and former welterweight champion going back to lightweight BJ Penn. I forget who wins this season, but I watch it. Yeah. I do remember BJ Penn humiliating Jens Pulver in their fight afterward. <laughs> oh, wow. I remember by the time I like started paying attention, BJ Penn was on his downswing. So, Who is in the season? You see a couple of names in there? The runner-up was Manny Gem. Gambarian. Oh, Gambarian, yeah. Gambarian, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Now, the fighters, let's see if I know any of these people. Yeah, Gray Maynard, Matt w- uh, Wyman, Wyman. Gray Maynard has still got a contract, but I don't think he won it. Yeah. Joe Lozon. Joe Lozon still fights, I think. I think Cole he's about Miller. to fight Cowboy Cerrone in a couple months. Nice. That's uh, uh, Cor- that's the joke, yes. Corey Hill, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz won it, yep. Okay. I thought yeah. that was the year. Yeah. He wasn't going was... to do much. <laughs> uh, was Nick already fighting? He was, and Nate got into it because he wanted to be like his older brother. Uh, and in my opinion, at least in legacy-wise, he surpassed him. Huh, nice. But people still pay to see that man fight today. I did right. not uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> this was actually the first season where we had one winner. Yeah. Every, every season before this had two winners. I want to say... No, no, it's not. This is not the... Well, Coming up, though, was the first season where they got a fight to get in the house. This is when just Dana White just picked 16 guys. Okay. Ken Pishna is reporting that Frank Mir is out of his scheduled bout with An- uh, Anthony Hardonk on April real name. 5th. It's a real name. <laughs> on the April 5th UFC can't, fight night. Dude, can't tell you how many times I had fun with that. <laughs> oh, I Hardonk. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, that one just you're you're set up for failure in life with that name. Your parents hated you. Well, yeah. hey, you should say your ancestors. I guess your parents will pick your last name. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh but yeah, April April fifth, UFC fight night. So Frank Mir is out. Didn't he get hurt a lot? He got hurt a lot, yes. Yeah, that's what I was remembering. It's like I seem to recall him pulling out of multiple fights due to injury. Or he found out after a fight he was like he got injured real bad during the fight. Apparently he went into that Brock Lesnar fight with a hurt uh, knee or something like that. I don't know if it's true, but oh, the one where Lesnar cremated his ass. No, the one where he tapped out Lesnar. Oh, okay. Uh, in September, last story by the way. In September, UFC is looking to put together a March third Rick Franklin or excuse me, they put Rick Franklin, Rich Franklin versus Jason McDonald winner against Nate Marquard versus Anderson Silva's winner. Mm, yes, I think Rich Franklin wins that. Convinces Dana White to have the rematch in Cincinnati and <laughs> gets humiliated badly. By Silva? Yes. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Silva, Silva beat him did. twice. Yeah, humiliated him twice. And that sucks because I love Rich Franklin, but <laughs> yeah. Silva beat the hell out of him. Former school it teacher was, turned MMA fighter. It was cool. He came out to welcome to the jungle. Places going nuts. Yep. And then Anderson Silva just beats him in like like two minutes, I think it was. Something like wow. that. That sucks. Yeah. Franklin was pretty good there for a little while. But... Dude, he beat Chuck Liddell with a broken arm. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean. Yeah. That's not many rough, people. man. Was that uh, past his prime Chuck? Or oh, still yeah. Pretty... This was Chuck's last fight ever up until that atrocity with Tito last year. Huh. Oh, or before last one was, but that was the last fight ever. Yeah, because yeah, Chuck Liddell in his prime was a badass, but oh yeah, he went down in his prime he beats anybody. So, but yeah. still though, I mean, you, you you have a broken arm and you knock out a dude, that's insane, dude. His arm was shattered. It was like you can see it broken Yikes. in like literally half. And I was watching it in a theater, that's so sick. you can see it, man. It was rough. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that's different from like if, if you break your hand in a fight, that can be managed. It's not great. But um, I know Muhammad Ali's daughter talked about that. She said she broke her hand in a boxing fight one time. And she said, well, I couldn't feel it. So that allowed me to just swing with all my might and just pound the piss out of my opponent. 
So a lot of people uh, will tell you that's stupid though, because you cause more nerve damage doing that. And you don't know it. Yep. Yeah, I would assume so. It's like, um, if your hand's broke, you probably shouldn't repeatedly bang it into something as hard as you can. But yeah, um, Cowboy Bob. <laughs> wow. I mean, Chelsea Green's guilty of that too, and it just still wrestles the broken hand, yeah, wrist or I, arm or whatever the hell it is this month. Yeah, I saw she wrestles in a cast again. I'm like, my gosh, you third time she's wrestling in a cast included. Yeah, it's like you just you're in a perpetual cast. <laughs> like, Cowboy well, Bob, she, I didn't mention him. She's but she's not injury prone, Greg. She's not. No, no, neither is JJ Watt. Remember, I got right. to argue with somebody. I don't know why, but I just made the comment. And I'm like, dude, he's so damn injury prone. This was like five years ago, by the way. Because he's not injury prone. He's now since been hurt every season since then. But he's not injury prone. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, uh, we're going to take our next break and finally get into TNA Destination X 2007. Boy, howdy. There's a lot to talk about here right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's TNA Destination X 2007. Took place March 11th, 2007. The tagline, first you must die in order to live. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if I might pick that up. Yeah, I was cracking coffee. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you, okay, I, you popped it. Nice. 
I have a friend, I don't know what religion he's, he is, but like his religion believes that when you are born into this world, you're crying from previously died and you're previous, from dying previously. Oh my God. And that tagline just kind of like, just kind of remind me of that. What, what say it again? Uh, first you must die in order to live. Yeah. So it's exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> they had the weirdest tagline. I don't know me. Uh-uh. But <laughs> that's just a belief yeah. they have. But it's like that's like the weirdest damn taglines like for their pay-per-views. <laughs> Every time I read one of these, it's like WCWs were kind of lame. TNAs made no sense. <laughs> like WWEs okay. were, are sometimes good, but lazy. Like WrestleMania, when I think of it, and they said twenty-two was big time. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, it's you know no crap. <laughs> I keep it PG. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, well, I gotta be honest though. This year's WrestleMania may take the cake for dumb ones though. Are they going with the it hits different? No, it's stupendous. Oh, God, that's even worse. Well, I will tell you this, man. Pat McAfee is getting it over like wildfire, man. Good is grief. He, do, he sells he that. Hell old... <laughs> okay, so so he's doing the, he's taking the role of uh, Gorilla Monsoon then. Pretty much. Because God dang, that's my problem. My one problem with listening. And I love Gorilla Monsoon. I'm going to preface this by saying that. Well, However, it's now forever, multiple years. So. Oh, well, yeah, you know, according to a certain dirt rag. But anyway. Is that uh, dirt sheet? Oh, yeah. Oh, do, uh, people who still use the term dirt sheet are so out of touch. I've been told <laughs> yeah, that, by the way. Because you're just in touch, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because when I think of, you know, uh, in touch with the times, I think of Uncle Dave. <laughs> but. Uh. Regardless, uh, anytime I watch those old shows with with Gorilla Monsoon, it's like, oh, my gosh, like my oh. my least favorite one is it's a happening. He used that on yeah. multiple shows. He's like, well, uh, WrestleMania three, it's a happening. Like, shut up. I remember um, I was binge watching some old WrestleManias and because we were just talking about Ricky Steamboat during his entrance at WrestleMania four. Uh, yes, he was there. I always forget that he was in the tournament match. Yeah, he's carrying um, Richie to the ring. Can't remember if he's huh. him, but he's his son's with him. And girl's like, "Well, he doesn't know what's going on, but he knows it's a happening." It's like, "Good happening. lord!" <laughs> I never understood that one. It's a happening. Like what? The venue for this one, as always, is the Impact Wrestling Zone in Orlando, Florida. The attendance nine hundred, and the uh, pay per view buy rate was thirty six thousand. And you- yes, I did buy this one. Okay, yeah, I think you said you bought all of them this year, didn't you? I believe I bought them all, yes. Okay. Uh, the show starts with Homicide and Hernandez coming out to the ring with Conan in a wheelchair. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he's being, when he does that. <laughs> right. He's being wheeled out by Machete. By the way, I misspoke a couple of weeks ago. I said Anarchia. That was, it was Machete. So Whatever. I still can't... <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out uh, how they got away with that because I think the movie Machete came out before this. Well, like, to be fair, he wasn't around very long. I think he was gone quickly. He's like the third member of LAX to be like in and out. Because it was like, remember Apollo was there at first? Yeah, I like do. A week or two. And then uh, they got Anarchia, and now they have Machete. And none of them are sticking around. Finally, they He's just stick with gone. two guys. Yeah. You mean the best two ever? Yeah. The, the, the only two I think of when I think of LAX. Uh, uh, some nowadays will tell you it's... Uh, Kingston and, uh, uh, and yeah, oh. Santana Ortiz. 
which yeah. apparently they're going to be a thing again, and I, I kind of like it, but that's not LAX to me. Yeah, no, I, I want them to be a group. It's not LAX, but I want them to be a group. They stop and mean mug Hector Guerrero on commentary before coming to the ring. So that's setting up for what we talked about in the news. It is the Latin American exchange of Homicide and Hernandez with Conan and Machete taking on Team 3D of Brother Ray and Brother Devon in a tag team ghetto brawl. Say that one more time, please. It is a tag team ghetto brawl. I'll make sure people and know you didn't misspeak. Nope. I And I didn't name it, so don't come complaining to me if you are Bro. some... <laughs> yeah, this isn't the first... Well, this is the first, but not the last stupid stipulation on this card. This isn't um, even the most stupid stipulation on this card, dude. <laughs> no. It, uh, oddly enough, it's one of the more sane ones. The bro, but, we got a New Yorker, we got Mexicans, we got a black man, dude. They're going to ghetto brawl, bro. <laughs> the homicide's like, I'm Puerto Rican. He's like, whatever, bro, you're Mexican. <laughs> That's probably what he said. Right. This one's just shy of 15 minutes. Oh, uh, the point of this one is to either pin someone or put them through a table. Because, you know, you win a fight in the ghetto by putting somebody through the table. Or maybe in Buffalo, uh, New York. Yeah, right. Well, you got to set it on fire first, bro. Gone forever. Your Super Bowl dreams are gone forever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to get flamed for that one. But these match types are so damn silly. They had a little Italy no! fight. No, they had, the, that back. they had a little Italy street fight on, was it the last pay-per-view we covered? Yes. Yeah, and then they had a melting pot match, whatever the F that was, and now got, a get... I got one for you, I got one for you. Do you remember when uh, Rhino fell off the wagon and they had the, the bar brawl at ringside and James Storm and with fear everywhere? Do you remember that? Yes. And they I had the might, one... That might be coming up here. They had one with Team this 3D year. versus Shark Boy and somebody. It was oh, like a fish yeah, market. The, the fish market brawl. Yeah. They were I think it was Curry Man. Frozen fish. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. So effing stupid. Why Why did Team 3D, I, I, I get they did a lot of stupid <laughs> stuff in ECW, but like at least that one, like it was garbage, but it made sense. This was just stupid. Like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> There's more still to come, idea. by the we way. We haven't even gotten to the review of this match yet, and it just shows you how bad TNA is about to get. Which yeah, is funny, because we've been hyping up how great 2007 is. Oh, the irony. And this <laughs> isn't the end of these stu- this stupid string of matches just with LAX, by the way. Like, before they branch oh. off doing stupid matches with other people. Uh, towards the end of this one, the Latino Nation, which were a bunch of Hispanics dressed like train robbers, jump Team 3D... <laughs> That's a bunch of banditos running out. I don't even, I, like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of them were actually white guys under there. Like, they didn't even bother getting real Hispanic guys. <laughs> but they That they flashes back to uh, when all the stings invaded at Halloween Havoc and they had a black man as one of the stings. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the real him. Being black dressing up like Sting. But when you're trying to fool everybody that one of these is the real Sting, yeah. pretty sure you can rule out the guy with the dark skin. Yeah. I don't know. Hey. Hey, man, he was getting Starcade ready with that tan. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they come out, they jump Team 3D, and old ass Johnny Rods runs his his ass out to the ring to help Mm -hmm. Team 3D, and he just cleans house. Takes out like 10 dudes like he's Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) Then Homicide jumps him from behind. Walker, wow. That was a throwback. (laughs) 
if anybody remembers the old Walker, Texas Ranger, he'd be surrounded by a gang of dudes with with weapons. He's unarmed. And then they're like, you know what? We're going to go in one at a time and get roundhouse kicked <laughs> instead of, you know, shooting him or something. <laughs> but then they all beat down Johnny Rods. After that, a bunch of black guys labeled Devon's brothers from Brooklyn <laughs> run in. <laughs> God dang it. They all My run first in note right here is, oh, good. We got race wars breaking out on a pay-per-view, a wrestling pay-per-view. Why oh, is this a God. thing with him? Russo, I mean. Because he did this crap in WWE. Yeah, gang about that. You're right. He had the, all the Puerto Rican guys with the Bariquas. All the white guys were bikers. All the black guys were uh, Black Panther-like Nation of Islam. I forgot about <laughs> right. that. I didn't think about that. Holy crap. That's just a thing <sighs> with him. And this one sucked. Like, that one wasn't, like, you know, blowing the doors off, but it was better than this. God. And, <laughs> and then, like, Mike Tanay says this with a straight effing face. He's like, it's Devon's brothers from Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I did, obviously, we didn't go back and watch Impact, but, like, was this a, was this a thing? I like, don't remember. Because but... I'm like, how did he know? Were we introduced to the, quote, brothers from Brooklyn? Or is he just like, oh, the black guys have to be with Team 3D. And they're from Brooklyn, clearly. That part I remember now. God, that's so stupid and racist. But Machete then breaks up a pinfall after a 3D on Hernandez before being pulled out of the ring. Brother Ray dives off the top rope onto everyone outside. Alex Shelley now runs out with a video camera as if we don't need... bear. (laughs) Wow. It's... You know, because we don't have enough people interfering in this crap, Greg. We need Alex Shelley with a camera. <laughs> Boy, and someone's he... got to document the race wars for the future HBO documentary. So, sorry that you don't see how this makes sense. Well, I'm here to yeah, correct right. you. They're going to play the footage in black and white and slow it down to half speed. <laughs> Epic voice guy over top of it. Good Lord. Anyway. Hey, yeah, best voiceover guys in history, man. Right. Sad that he passed away. I know. But Shelly gets on the apron with the camera, distracts Devon, because Devon's dumb, I guess. And he cracks him in the head with a camera. And then Frog splashes Devon through a table. This allows Homicide to pin him for the win. I took points off for how stupid this was. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it two because it was incredibly dumb. What say you? I gave it two for the very exact same reason. It's like, you know what? I want to give it one, but I was laughing. It's like... At the end of the day, if it's entertaining, I got to give points for that. And I did laugh and have fun watching it. And, the wrestling itself uh, wasn't all crap, but the match itself, just like, yikes. How do you give this three and a half stars? What is three, What is going through this guy's head? And he hated TNA. If you're going to give something three and a half stars based on, like, the match type, I guess. Yeah, it's just like when it, when it comes to ghetto brawls, man, this is one of the better ones. So it's three and a half stars. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, right. This one's definitely going on the DVD. <laughs> uh, oh, man. We now go back with uh, Jeremy Borash. He calls up Rhino to ask him about Elevation X. On your butts for that one. Uh, which is basically an X-shaped scaffolding match. Uh, Rhino says that he's scared, and anyone would be. He talks about having to prepare for tonight's match. So... Not a whole lot of substance to this one. Just wasting time. We now go to this uh, one. The, the promo of the match was pay-per-view. Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. We now go to this one. It I is just, Miss, Miss Jack sure. Moore. <laughs> right. 
It's Miss Jackie Moore and James Storm versus Gail Kim and Petey Williams again. But this time, it is a mixed tag bull rope match. Woo! Now, at the time, I didn't know why this made sense. Like, Gail Kim and Petey. So I'm like, oh, they're both Canadian. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah. Uh, the, the Texas girl and the Tennessee guy. Okay, I guess. I don't know why I'm trying. Yeah, I don't know I'm trying to make it. It's a weird pairing. Yeah, but. Well, because like we had pointed out on previous podcasts, she's from Texas. Her name in WCW, I think, for a little while was Miss Texas, or at least on the indie scene. And she's now being called the Pride of Tennessee. Like, what? Oh, I mean, I, I, you know, people always move to Tennessee from Texas, right? Sure. <laughs> oh That's like, and they're nowhere. They're not even close to each other if you look at a map. So it's like. Like, ah, whatever, bro. You're, it's, it's a southern state. They're all the same, bro. Y'all like, say what? y'all and y'all, you know, drink beer. <laughs> y'all, uh, all of you down in the south call every kind of pop Coke, okay? So you're, <laughs> so you're all the same. <laughs> Again, we're not trying to be funny here. This is the idiot's real thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. Uh, but this one went just shy of eight minutes. Yet another insanely stupid match type. Uh, Jackie gets wrapped around the ring post at one point while Gail repeatedly chops her. Tanae obviously didn't mean it racially, but saying that the black woman, quote, got tied to the whipping post conjures up some bad imagery. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. About chopping her chest, Tanae also says, that's a target you can't miss. Why? <laughs> My God. <laughs> uh, in the, We get it. She's big up top. Okay. In the end, Petey sets Storm up for a Canadian Destroyer. Jackie low blows Petey out of the ref's view, and Storm hits the last call super kick for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it a star and a half. Let's say you gave it one. This sucked. Did you just say low blows Petey? I mean, is that a new window too? Good luck. Low blowed him in his little Petey. <laughs> in his little Petey pump. <laughs> if you need a pump for your Good little Petey, never mind. Anyway. I know he popped up back in TN or uh, Impact for a little while. Is he wow? Is he gone again? Uh, I think he's in WWE as an agent now. Actually, really? I think so. That's what someone said. Wow. Yeah, he was really good too. He was one of the reasons why I always liked watching TNA back in the day. I yeah, he was a bad guy, but I always thought he was a damn good wrestler, and he was cool. A bad guy until LAX, LAX turned him good by making him want to burn the American flag, and he's like, no. Yeah, we need. Yeah, no. All the Americans are like, eh, whatever. You get the Canadian to come out there and stand <laughs> up for your country's honor. Good uh, lord! Apparently, all the Americans are dickless, and he's like, well, I guess I, I can't allow this. Like, all right, you do you, Petey. I mean, thanks. Apparently, no Americans that uh, brave in that company. I guess. I... Yeah, right. Well, like when Kane had to stand up for the burn against the burning of the American flag in WWE, it's like, okay, cool, but him. Okay, it makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now he's the devil's favorite favorite libertarian. <laughs> I, yeah, that was weird too. <laughs> maybe he was like the I don't know. It, maybe he's like Frankenstein, where he's like they're gonna burn the American flag. Fire bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of it. But backstage, Letitia Klein is being flirted with All by Scott Steiner. Lie. Hell yeah. I think she did Playboy. But either way, Letitia Klein is being flirted with by Scott Steiner, because of course she is. Uh, she finally reminds him that... She's a pretty blonde. A... I must say stuff. 
Hell yeah. Hey, he's a pretty blonde too. So, you know, whatever. Sure. We'll say he's blonde. <laughs> Uh, but she reminds him that he's got a match with Kurt Angle tonight and asked if he could, if uh, he should be worried. Steiner says Kurt should, uh, should be worried about him. And he says that his offense is impeccable. His defense is impenetrable or excuse me, indefensible. Then his love is insatiable. He says, quote, his wife already knows I'm the man. Now he's going to find out I'm the man. I don't know why that popped me. Uh, Christian Keisha bursts in and says that he's looking for Scott. He says he needs Scott's help watching his back because Tomko is in Japan on business. Like he's got a life of his own or something. <laughs> uh, I freaking love Christian. Uh, Steiner says that he's only worried about Kurt Angle. So Christian is on his own. He takes off and then Christian grabs Letitia and leads her out of the locker room. By the way, is this just me or was his audio like her mic audio was horrible all night? Yeah, yeah, clearly. I had to crank the volume up to hear you think anything they... Christian was saying. <sighs> First of all, that tells me this was done live. And second of all, you think they would have caught yeah, it after the first yeah. time. Yeah. It's like uh, nobody in the production truck's like, hey, she's coming in low. Crank it up. Like, really? Everybody's just like, yeah, whatever. Let it yeah, play. And I got to point out, people talk about Kevin Dunn, but you don't see that on WWE TV. Just yeah. saying. This next one is the Austin Star versus Sen Shi in a cross-faced chicken wing submission match. Because... You know, when okay. I think of these two guys, I think of a cross-face <laughs> chicken wing submission match. Hell yeah. Every match, by the way, has had some weird-ass stipulation so far. Yep, and we're not done. But this is <laughs> oh, for, for, for about 11 minutes. Bob Backlund comes to the ring near the end, which distracts Austin Star. This allows Senshi to get an O'Connor roll uh, into a sorry, chicken wing. Sorry, it distracts who? Uh, I'm not going to say it every time. All right. You get one. Yeah. Well, Mr. Ohio, yes, you should. Uh, I only say it for one thing and one thing only. Okay. He does not yeah, rank. Austin Star. Oh, God. But either way, uh, right, she hits an O'Connor roll into the chicken wing for the submission win. Uncle Dave gives it three and a quarter stars. Good I, Lord. Gave it, I gave it three even. I actually really dug. I, I dig anything these two do. So what do you I, give it? I gave it two. I really liked it but not like it wasn't like great. Uh, yeah. But I may have, I, I this may be the best match of the night so far. I'll say that. So, yeah, I was going to say, I, I may have uh, bumped it up a little bit because this is the best thing I've seen all night thus far. <laughs> so I, that might've in my mind, like given it a boost, but yeah, I don't know, man. Bob Backlund after this match awkwardly gets in and puts his hand out to shake with Senshi, but star <laughs> shoves Senshi in, into Backlund. Sorry. He looks like uh, Rain Man. Howdy, howdy duty and Rain Man. <laughs> right? That, that works. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but Star shoves Senshi into Backlund. Star then locks in a chicken wing on Backlund until referees break it up. Yay! This is going going to continue. Woohoo! But I, I don't know if it's just me. I have never given a damn about Bob Backlund. Not even kind I, of. I can't even remember if I did or not, so I'm going to say I didn't. If I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, stuff with the chicken wing and him going nuts is, you know, funny, ha-ha, but yeah. But backstage, Jeremy Borash is standing by with AJ Styles. Styles says that Rhino is only in the situation he's in because he keeps putting his nose in AJ's business. So now, Styles is going to embarrass him and put him down. Well, he's right, you know. Right. Uh, Christy Hemi now comes to the ring to announce her mystery tag team and then she's and how roll tight is she? That kind of goes without saying. <laughs> when they come out, 
Kip James asks Christy how, quote, that strip club thing is working out for her. Oh, Lord. This whole thing was... Uh, what got me was they keep playing up, like, Christy as, like, the heel. And I'm like, okay, I think... Like, at first, I think she was the heel because she was, like... She came out and interrupted them and got really obnoxious and whiny. And then Kip, like, went way overboard. So to me, I'm like, all right, at some point, she's not the bad guy anymore in this situation. But, bro, sexism, bro. Yeah, right. Bro, get in the kitchen, bro. I'm like, he's that's gotta be what he's thinking, because this is just effed up. Either way. All we're sitting there trying to convince ourselves. Oh no, we know this, dude. Right. Uh Kip says He's literally that, been on, on audio saying nobody cares about Japanese wrestlers. So clearly he's sexist and racist. Right. And uh just the stuff he would have women do all the time, like never oh, took right? it seriously. It's yeah. But Kip says that he doesn't know what tag team would work for a woman. Then he spouts off a bunch of sexist, sexual stuff. Oh, God. Christy then says that VKM aren't real men. They're little boys. She then introduces her tag team, the Heartbreakers. Oh, God. So it's the Voodoo Kin Mafia, BG and Kip James versus the Heartbreakers of Antonio Thomas and Romeo Rosselli with Christy Hemi in their corner. Normally the heart throbs, by the way. Yeah, if anybody remembers them from early 2000 or mid 2000s WWE, uh, this one went about nine minutes. The Heartbreakers look and act like uh, two Jersey Shore rejects. I don't even think all... Jersey Shore is a thing yet. I know. So, so, so are, are you they... telling me the show ripped them off? Are they Groundbreakers? <laughs> bro, Jim Tan Russell, bro. <laughs> wow. Uh, the crowd chants that the Heartbreakers suck um, something. I, I think you can put two and two together. This is and, Orlando, you know, by the way. This is in Philly, so let's. Yeah, this is worth... what a, what a progressive crowd, man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the ref isn't looking. Hemi tries to low blow Kip and hurts her own arm. Kip then pulls a cup out of his trunks, and shoves it into Christie's face. That hasn't been overdone in wrestling. Yeah, and then shoving it into her face. It's just this whole thing is just like. Ugh. Uh, Lance Hoyt. They're trying to. Out. They're trying to. You know, they're trying to be DX again, obviously, and it's failing miserably. Yep. Nobody. Ca- nobody wants DX without Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Like, hey, you know what would be cool is if we had DX, but it's only the Outlaws. <laughs> Said no one. You mean ever. only the guys they brought in when HBK went down? Yeah, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> right. They don't even have <laughs> X Pac with them here. And that would make it a little more tolerable. <laughs> Damn. Lance Hoyt, who is uh Van or Lance, gosh, uh, he's had so many names. He's Lance oh, he's Archer. Lance, he's Lance Hoyt here. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, he's he's Lance Archer in in AEW. If anybody wants to know, uh, but he comes out. <laughs> he was uh he was Dallas Lance Hoyt Lance Rock Vance Archer and now Lance Archer. Did I get them all? Vance Hoyt is coming one day. Good lord, I would <laughs> laugh so hard. That would be the worst name of all time. <laughs> Vance Hoyt. <laughs> Oh, sounds like God. a horrible soap opera actor name. Days of sounds... standing, starring Vance Hoyt. <laughs> to me, it sounds like the guy who was like the high school quarterback that peaked in high school and never went on to college. Oh, Al Bundy <laughs> was a quarterback, <laughs> but you know, close enough. Right. <laughs> he comes out. Uh, Kip paddles Christie's ass before handing her off to Lance, who carries her to the back. My God! In the end, Antonio <sighs> eats a pump handle slam from BG, and VKM gets the pinfall win. 
Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I gave it a star and a half. The wrestling stuff was it wasn't good. What say you? I gave it one. This was stupid. Yeah. Well, I feel like we lied to our audience when we said, no, this is our favorite year. Oh, well, no. Like, you can't lie about your favorite. I think we lied when we said this was a good year. I mean, it was a pretty <laughs> good year, but not everywhere. Maybe we need to, hey. to put like an asterisk on there or something. <laughs> hey, look, man, they can't all be first round picks. All That's right. True. So it's, uh, they're not batting a thousand here. They're not, I don't even know if they're batting 500, but we'll find yeah. out by the end of this year. But after this match, Lance Hoyt comes out to congratulate VKM as they leave. Chrissy Hemi storms out with a riding crop for some reason and screams at the heartbreakers as Kip laughs at them. See, I thought the riding crop was going to get used, but it did not. Why the big question because they show it. Yeah. So well, that, be- that begs the question. So that means she got taken to the back. And before she came back out, she found her riding crop. Before coming out of the <sighs> ring. Why? It just to I'm show just that gonna, she has I'm just going to be quiet and like try to figure out why the hell you're trying to make sense of this. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> to each his own, dude. You have fun. Yeah, it's, I guess it's my fault for trying to think while watching. But backstage, Christian Cage leads Letitia Klein to that solitary confinement cage from Against All Odds. God. And, uh, you know, because we want to be reminded. For some reason, Abyss is still inside, rocking back and forth. So, Yeah. Uh, Christian tries to get friendly with Abyss, saying that he genuinely cares about him. Then he says he brought him a signed picture of himself. I believe that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He reads what he wrote on the picture, which says, To Abyss, my dear, dear friend, from the instant classic, never pinned, never submitted, never beaten. If you know, you know. Or if you don't know, now you know. Christian Cage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) I had to write that all down. That was awesome. (laughs) I wish he would have signed my picture that way at WrestleCon. That would have been awesome. Probably could have asked him to. He's a cool dude in the world when you meet him. I know. I, I should have, but I forgot that that was a thing. I should have been like, hey, can you sign it to my dear, dear friend from the Instant Classic? Never pinned, never submitted, never beaten. If you don't know now, you know. <laughs> he probably would have been like, the F is wrong with you. This <laughs> uh, is grammatically, it should be, if you didn't know, now you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I... saying, if you don't know, <laughs> yeah. then no, you don't now know. So I... <laughs> Again, Greg, why are you thinking with your brain? I don't just know. Stop it. I'm just trying to sound smart so people don't think I only make wrestling podcasts. I know something. I know my ass from <laughs> holding the ground. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, that's a rare commodity nowadays, man. Anyway, uh, Cajun says. <laughs> really? This, in this world. We got we to gotta have fun with it somehow, get, like, man. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. Uh, but Cage then says that since he did something for Abyss, Abyss should now do something for him. He says that he's kept Abyss a secret, and Abyss gets angry and starts huffing and puffing. Cage says that after Abyss takes out Sting tonight, maybe he can help him with Samoa Joe. He says that Joe claimed that if he found Abyss before Sting did, that uh, there would be some trouble. Abyss finally gets out of the cage and acts like he's going to punch Christian before putting out a fist to bump. Christian fist bumps Abyss and gets super excited before walking off. You know, because when I look at Abyss, I think he's the fist-bumping type. Hell yeah! <laughs> I sent some sarcasm in there. So effing weird, man. But up next is a uh, best two out of three falls for the TNA X Division title. It is Chris Sabin defending against Jerry Lynn. I got it right, right this time. Uh, 
Yes, you did. Um, remember how we were talking about best match of the night before? Yeah. Well, now we're going to pick it up. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, this one is about 12 and a half minutes. Jerry Lynn takes fall number one with a tornado DDT for a pin. Lynn goes for a hurricane Rana. Saban turns it into a power bomb and uses the ropes in a jackknife cover to win the second fall. A bald person in a black in, in uh, all black clothes runs out wearing a sting mask. Clearly Christopher Daniels. Uh, and he runs out and jumps on the apron, distracting the ref and Jerry Lynn. This leads to Saban hitting the second cradle shock of the match and winning the third and final fall. Uncle Dave, I, he gave it two and three quarter stars. Uh, I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it three. I can easily tell you best match of the whole night. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lynn looked amazing, too, by the way. Yeah, his I mean, back didn't give out. Yeah, right. I mean, can, like when talking about like how old he is here, he looked amazing for that. Oh, for sure. Uh, I also feel like he's one of the more forgotten great wrestlers in history. Dude. Like nobody talks about that man ever, and it's a crime. It goes up there with what we're going to be talking about in the uh, somebody we're going to be talking about in the bonus show this Friday. Uh, horrible promo. Even if you think he's a like he's he's a good wrestler, which Jerry Lynn is. Yeah, like you said, amazing in the ring. But man, his promos kind of sucked. You oh. think somebody that sold 15 million albums could cut a good promo? My gosh. Why didn't he just start every, like, uh, he, he should have started every promo with, look at this photograph. It's a picture, <laughs> of, him, it's a picture of him pinning his last opponent. <laughs> Coincidentally, by the way, that all started with uh, his opponent's partner, Alex Shelley. He started <laughs> it. I never caught it until he said it. That ass. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fairly accurate, though. <laughs> But the mask man and he's got two funny ones in history. That one, and when he said uh, he's been winning titles longer than the uh, Young Bucks had their Hardy Boys starter kits. God, so, yeah, I don't know which one sick. I love. I don't know which one I love more. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the mask man gets in the ring and hits Angel's wings on Chris Saban before unmasking to reveal that it's Christopher Daniels. <gasps> I knew it. Yeah, with a slightly new look, by the way. He's got like a beard, and he painted some weird symbol around his eye. Yeah, I don't know. It went, went Raven on us, you know, just paint random stuff on there. It changes you. Right. That's what Raven used to do. <laughs> yep. Grow your beard out a little more. It would have been funny if, you know, since he was supposed to be the higher power, he should have unmasked him and like, it was me, Saban. It was me all along. <laughs> I would have popped for that one. Uh, but he uh, he picks up the X Division title and stares at it before laying out Jerry Lynn with it. He picks Lynn up and hits the last rights on him. Which he hasn't done that move in years, if I remember correctly. And maybe yeah, he can start if if he actually sticks around in AEW, maybe he can start oh, doing it again because Cody's gone. I was about to say, dude, yeah, he had a cameo on uh, in AEW last week, and now I'm seeing him again. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, we're in Cornette's office we're with Jeremy Borash, and Cornette says that Thursday night on Impact, he'll have a major announcement about the lockdown pay per view. I can't remember what the hell it was. I don't remember what it was. Please don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, because he said it's uh, about the lockdown pay-per-view and the next innovation coming to TNA. Oh, it was the Electrified Steel Cage, wasn't it? Oh, was that what it was? That's what I'm I thinking. I don't know why, but I thought it was um, that was at, at Found for Glory. I don't remember why, but I thought that's where that took place. Okay, that makes sense. It could have It could have even been the Escape match. So I don't know. It, it was one Maybe of it was that. Yeah, so... Uh, well, I guess we'll cover it next one, so we'll know. Yeah, right. So, uh, remember when I when I told you the stupid match stipulations weren't done with Team 3D and LAX? There you go. 
<sighs> but anyway, I still uh, rails against that to this day because it sucked and it looked like crap. But Chris, not to bury our next show, but yeah, come on, Chrissy Amy Burst. There's actually and, a couple of good matches on that show though, so it's okay. Right. Uh, Chris Amy bursts in and Cornette gets annoyed. She says VKM hasn't been uh, hasn't seen the last of her and says that she has stuff up her sleeve that none of them have seen before. Cornette says, I don't know about that. Hey, if you're looking for a job, I have a secretary spot open. Do you take dictation? <laughs> What's with all the sexist stuff? <sighs> okay, I'm not laughing that he said that. It's like, wow. <laughs> That's just like, it's one thing after another with this company. And here's the thing. I don't think Cornette would ever listen to, uh, what's he called? Russo again? Uh, crap stain. I'll clean it up. Yes. Okay. I don't think he would ever listen to crap stain. So this had to be him just saying it, right? Which is kind of ironic. I, all the crap he yes. talks about everything. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. This was just horrible though. Like, the Chrissy Hemi stuff had to be some of the worst stuff in the year 2007. That's all I got to say. I mean, it's going she do cool. so wrong to label her as like, uh, you know, a quote unquote, uh, a lady of the nights. We'll keep it clean. What did she yeah, do right? to get called that by everybody? She was just a damn announcer for crying out loud. Yep. Not a good yeah. one, but an announcer. But all right, man, we're up to this one now. It is Rhino versus AJ Styles in Elevation X. It went 12 and a half minutes. I will say be bag on for this one, folks. <laughs> I will say this one or this about this match. It's not as bad as I remember. Wow, that's so, literally right here in my notes. I'm like, you know, right. not as bad as you would think. I mean, because of a couple of things that AJ does, which we'll get into. But yeah, I mean, it's not great. I'm not going to pretend like this was a great match, but it, you know, it wasn't like as far as scaffolding matches go. It didn't suck. I'm going to go ahead and put this like I do with movies. Okay, I don't. A movie doesn't need to be an Oscar winner for me to like it. But at least do something for me to enjoy. Right. And I guess, like, from what I was reading in, like, the news articles, whatever, both these guys, all the way leading up to this, were like, I'm not comfortable with this match. And they really weren't feeling it. Which, I, I don't blame them. Uh, it, and they probably had Cornette sitting there in their ear like, I blew out both my knees on one of them mother efforts. Well, if you've ever heard his review of this, he hated it. He didn't know why the hell they did this. And yeah, thought this right. was one of the dumber ideas they've ever done. Like, well, that's saying something. Yeah, right. Well, I mean... Also, not to get real too far ahead, but why did this become Rhino's match? He did it again next year. Yeah, right. Like, what about Rhino, the 300-pound dude that's like a big badass from Detroit, says, hmm, I want him in a scaffold match two years in a row. Yeah, right. <sighs> and you, you throw your well, exhibition, guys, and that's one thing. But Rhino? Well, that was the thing with... Uh, like, People complain about, uh, you know, the Midnight Express. They're like, okay, so they're one of the best tag teams in all of NWA. They're very versatile. They fly around the ring. Let's put them on a scaffold. Yeah. Like, repeatedly. That was, quote-unquote, their match. You could throw the Road Warriors in there, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to see I these know, big but... brawlers do? Fly a scaffold match. <sighs> I, that one I could forgive because it's like they can still punch and kick and... You know, do the do like one or two slams. I guess also they're like big ass dudes who want to kill dudes by throwing them off. Okay, yeah, but still, yeah, I, I just I feel like you're right. gonna do something like this should be for the smaller dudes. Remember when? And again, too far in the weeds here, but remember when WCW did it with Shane Douglas and Tory Wilson, God, Kidman, yeah. and who was his partner? Was it Medusa? I think. I think somebody. Yeah, yeah I so, think so. I think scaffold right. match. I think of Tory Wilson. <laughs> God. 
Uh, these two men fight for a while before even climbing up the structure. Uh, once up top, they fight for a while as everyone in the crowd is honestly freaking out. They keep showing crowd shots and everybody's like looking shocked. Uh, Rhino decides to put his hair in a ponytail at one point, And when he's doing this, he loses AJ, who crawls inside of the steel structure and hides. Fans help Rhino locate um, Styles. Real quick, my favorite part of the entire match right here. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, it's I, pretty cool. This is what bumped my rating up a little bit. If I'm, if I'm not, not to get too far ahead, but seriously, this right here did it for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, but the, the fans kind of help Rhino figure out where Styles is. And uh, he pulls Styles out. After a while, AJ pulls powder out of his tights, and Rhino smacks it into AJ's eyes. Rhino then hits a gore, and AJ uh, ends up slipping off. Sure, we'll call that a gore. Yeah, he basically just like shoulder bumped him, and AJ <laughs> laid down. No, dude, I believe Rhino literally put him down gently, like you would your little baby <laughs> into a damn crib. And I'm not mocking it. I'm not saying throw him off and kill him. I'm just saying it was horrible. Yeah, right. It's like uh, he didn't want. I'm assuming he just didn't. It's like uh, if I hit you too hard, you might go flying, and yeah, you're gonna die. And not to be so. selfish about it, but he might go flying himself. Right. Yeah. But uh, AJ ends up slipping off, and he's like hanging on the edge. Rhino keeps stomping on AJ's hands, finally causing him to fall, giving Rhino the win. Uncle Dave and I gave it two stars. What say you? I had it at one until I saw AJ do that uh, disappearing thing because uh, I forgot all about that. Like, oh, this <laughs> is fun. I'll give it two. I thought that was yeah. clever. You know, for, for the match type, what they did with it. Yeah, I, I had to give this thing two stars because I also it, remember going into this initially thinking someone was legitimately going to fall like from the top to the ring, like get thrown. Yeah, I mean, the way AJ fell was, you know, it's still dangerous, but it was more controlled. You know, right. So. And he took a back bump, which is honestly probably the safer route to go than if he would have landed on his feet. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, we saw what happened, and it was a little higher, but we saw what happened to Cornette when he landed on his feet. Blew out both of his knees, or one of his knees. Well, right, he, he said also he, did admit that he locked up when he was falling, which you shouldn't ever do. Oh, no, that's, so yeah. That's kind of his wrong. fault, too. I mean, not to say that he deserved it. I know people don't like Cornette, but I'm not foreseeing anyone get hurt. He he said he blew out his other knee because he was standing on a uh, there was like a table it was like half on the apron and he was standing on it and somebody yanked the table out from under his feet and he blew out his knee <laughs> with the way he fell. Oh man! Yeah, I think that was the time when he had the tuxedo match with Paul E. And he said, "Oh, he, that that gym." Yeah, he said it was right before that, and his knee was all swelled up, so he put on a a knee brace and tight as tight as possible, so he couldn't get any circulation. They put a neck brace on AJ and stretch him out of the arena. The uh, play-up package for the next match reminds us that Scott Steiner hates Kurt Angle because he thinks Angle coming in ruined his chances of getting more money. He says that he should have been the big star that TNA signed, but Kurt Angle came in and stopped any chance of a bigger money deal for Steiner. Sure, that's, that's what stopped, stopped it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We go backstage with Jeremy Borash standing by with Kurt Angle. Angle said Steiner was a consultant last month and cost Angle all the uh, cost Angle the NWA title. Now he's going to be a victim. Angle uh, says that he came to TNA to make it bigger and to prove that he's the best in the world. Steiner, however, came to TNA for greed. He says he wasn't given Steiner's spot; he took it. So two things here. No, number one, the victim is all the viewers. Uh, God. Second, in what world 
is, you know, if you want to prove you're the best in the world, you got to go to TNA. <laughs> right. It's like, I think you went to your company over and all that, but really? I think you went to TNA because you refused to go to rehab. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm, I'm not, I, not wrong. I think as the time of this recording, we just saw another instance like that in modern day wrestling. So, yeah. Oh, I wonder if they have P tests in AEW. Anyway. Uh, God, I hope so. Yeah, I know. Me too. But, you know, say what you want about their uh, their elite guys. Those are probably mm-hmm. the ones you don't need to worry about. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Omega and, and all that. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they keep it clean. Yeah, so no, that's, that's kind of telling. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bucks clearly do because they're good Christian boys. So. I'm sure they tote, but I don't count that. <laughs> I don't think anybody uh, does. <laughs> to look like that, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't doubt it, but yeah. <laughs> Did you catch yeah. that false start on Steiner's team? Yes. Yeah, it happens quite a few times in TNA. I don't know why. I know. It's like somebody hits the button. They're like, oops. It's like you hear the siren and then they like shut it's, it off. What's funny about it, too, is it's such a distinct song. You know, it's not just a note or two. It's a damn siren. Right. So you're going to catch it every time. I like how he kept a variation of that same song in three different companies, by the way. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, and the thing is, it's like, I was like, oh, well, okay, so they're not going to go on with the match now. Uh, I mean, kind of, but we pan across for more crowd shots for like five minutes while Mike Tanay and Don West just talk about how AJ took a scary bump and they're worried about his condition. Like, there was nothing to this. I'm like, why are we not starting now? Hold on. I'm trying to think. Were they taking Elevation X apart? I think it was down already because they started well, with that the, wide the, shot. Well, the pillars are still there, right? Or were they still there? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, I could, I could be wrong, but I mean, they start with a wide shot, and I don't remember seeing it. But maybe you're See, right. I, I don't it's, know. It's little stuff like that I get to take notes about, but I didn't realize yeah. they carried on for five minutes. So you just said that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it went on, and I was like, why do we just keep getting shots of the crowd? Because if you think like, back to old WWF pay per views of the big blue bar steel cage, they used to. Take a lot of time talking to the announcers in the crowds and all that while putting it up or yeah. taking it down. I know. It would go on for which like 15, is, 20 minutes. Which is generally why back in the day, the blue or the old school cage was always the last match. If you go back and think yep. about it. So that they didn't have to take two intermissions. Except that SummerSlam 97, I believe, was the opening match. Yeah. Well, that one works, too, if you're going to have it yeah. in the opener. Well, the... Um, Oh, what was the uh, like WCW used to do crap like that all the time. It'd be like mid show. They'd have to set a bunch of crap up and then tear it down. Yeah, I could be wrong. This too. I so I think they were the first company to start lowering the cage from the top. Yeah, I, I think know they, they started doing that before WWE was even using mesh. So, yeah, they definitely did with the war games cage. Yeah, every right. single time. So because they had to pre-assemble that big ass thing, so. which is now Either small way. in comparison to everything else we see, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> <laughs> right. This next match is Scott Steiner versus Kurt Angle, just shy of 12 minutes. Steiner comes to the ring with two random beautiful women, I guess, to prove that he's the big bad booty daddy, whatever that means. Which one uh, of them was olive oil in the uh, in the park? Good Lord. Uh, this is honestly, in my opinion, you're probably going to have a completely different one based on what you said earlier. But uh, I honestly think this is one of the best matches I've seen Steiner have since he became Big Papa Pump. I mean, yeah, it's Kurt Angle. Oh, so. well, I, I literally have that written in my notes. This okay. was Scott Steiner's best match like in TNA, and he will never have a better one than this. 
there was another one. Was it with Samoa Joe? It's the next month. One? He has a pretty good one, but it's not as good as the, it's that anniversary. It's not as good as this though. It was but it's good. Well, it was one that you and I reviewed one that he had where you and I were like, wow, that was actually a really good match. And he did a lot of wrestling in it, like actual like mat wrestling and stuff. So I, I want to say it was anniversary. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but. Uh, in the end, Steiner goes for a top rope belly-to-belly suplex, but Angle gets behind him for a sunset flip and the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I actually gave it, for uh, Steiner's effort and wow. everything, I actually gave it three stars. As did I. I thought it was really good. A star and a quarter. I thought this was really good. I know. I I really liked it. I dug it. Oh, whatever. I don't know. He, I'm like, what were you expecting, man? It's Scott Steiner. Like, That's damn. why I gave it three. I, you got to give it leeway for that. <laughs> yeah, considering uh, everything that he's you know with with him, like yeah, I wasn't expecting anything better than this. So I, I don't That's know. That's a critical, and I will admit you got to give credit for that. But I am also of the mind. I don't care how great you are. You need someone to perform with you. I will never yeah. buy into that. But having Kurt Angle does you know bump it up enough. I don't think, and I don't think Steiner sucked. Like he, he had. There were times he did, but like I don't think he was always just like suck. Uh, I think like the he, easier statement is there were times when he was good, and this is one of them. Right. <laughs> that's a lot easier to say. <laughs> sucked. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we now go backstage with Jeremy Borash again, standing by with Samoa Joe. Joe says that he's been caged and unable to get what he deserves, the world title. He says that tonight he's uncaged and he will not be denied what is owed to him. He then tells Abyss that if he comes down to the ring tonight, he'll feel Joe's wrath as well. Now, in the build-up package for the next match, we see what's been happening in the past month. We learn that James Mitchell admits that he's domesticated Abyss, and he's using him as his meal ticket. Sting also reveals that Abyss was in prison for shooting his own father in the back and putting him in a coma. Sting is still looking to take out James Mitchell so that Abyss doesn't have have the uh, quote devil in his ear any longer. So that well, leads we know us... where that's gonna go. Yeah, and that leads us to this. <sighs> There's a watch along on YouTube. If any of you guys want to check that out, we did a watch along especially for this for you. So uh, you, the people. So I hope you all enjoy that and check it out. And you know, I I'm. <laughs> I'm quick to sometimes back away when Troy makes decisions that I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that. This was all me. So anyone's going to laugh at us for doing this watch along. I'll take the heat for this one. <laughs> hey, it was fun. I laughed a lot. So uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. But either way, it is Sting versus Abyss in a last rights match. What about nine and a half minutes? What is a last rights match, you may ask? Well, the point of this one besides pissing everybody off <laughs> is, is to have a casket, which they called the deathbed lowered from the ceiling. You throw your opponent into the deathbed and close it, close the casket. And then the casket will raise to the ceiling. So it's like a casket match with more steps. Yes. There are also haunted house look looking uh, decorations around like candle holders in each corner. I legitimately thought this was menorahs, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, if everybody goes and listens to the watch along like uh, and and I also point out because I actively see it during the watch along. They're made out of rubber. 
uh, because when they get I hit, they bend and wobble. We watch the watch along. That's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is the famous match where the crowd chants fire Russo about two minutes into this one. Full disclosure, that's why I wanted to do the watch along to this. Right. Well, Sting gets hit with one of the rubber candlesticks and is just pouring blood like he had a scalpel taken to him. Uh, you know what? God bless his little heart, man, trying to make this work. Uh, he, he's really trying out there, you know, to, to make this freaking matter. So, he's got his working boots on. Right. Uh, Abyss brings a headstone into the ring. Thing puts it over Abyss's head and shatters it with a baseball bat. Uh, I did not misspeak on any of that, by the way. Oh, we uh, did not. Abyss ends up choke slamming Sting through the top of the casket. Later, Abyss t- makes a, quote, table by taking a tombstone and putting it on top of two chairs that are set up. But Sting hits him with a candlestick. Abyss falls off the top rope and goes through the tombstone, that tombstone as well. God, after that, Sting drags Abyss into the casket and closes it. Uncle Dave gives us a dud. I gave it a star because, God dang it, they tried. What say you? Uh, a star. Suck. Whole thing sucked. Yikes. So. <laughs> uh, Sting lays on the casket and it starts to raise up. Then he ends up sliding off after a while. To whatever. We now go backstage again for Letitia Klein standing by with Christian Cage. Cage complains that Tomko isn't there. Steiner abandoned him, and now Abyss has been taken out. Great Muda ends up walking in with a translator, and Christian basically asks Muda for help while simultaneously saying that he's better than Muda. Finally, Muda rips off his head cover uh, thing. I, I don't know, that the thing he used to wear over his head when he came to the ring. He rips it off and sprays green mist at a locker. He then threatens to spray mist at Christian. And Christian backs out of the room nervously. I would have uh, ran out of the room, but... This doesn't go anywhere, if I remember correctly. So It does not. That's why I kept saying I don't remember him ever having a match there. I think he was part of a couple tag team matches, and that was about it. I like, really you know, don't remember that. Yeah, I it was really, like the World I'm, Cup things. You remember when they used to do that? I do. I feel like Mexico won every year. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I want to say Team USA won it one time. And, like, Team USA wasn't even, like, I don't know. They all had to be Americans. I know, because, like, there were, a f- I think they... Basically, just got us like, yeah, oh, have you lived uh, in America? Because Sanjay Dutt was on it. <laughs> yeah. And they always played hmm. up that he was from the Himalaya. Like, all right. It was the original player from the Himalaya. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, Samoa Joe gets Samoan lady dancers and a ma- and uh, male fire dancers to come out on the stage for his entrance. According to Jim Cornette, Samoa Joe hated this, thinking it was demeaning. However, I don't know if I believe that because... Joe, like in interviews, said he like grew up. His whole family did this kind of stuff and like did performances like this, and he participated in it. So, I think Cornette might be full of it. I have known some of people who take a lot of pride in doing this. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, male I, or female, this is like a huge thing in their culture. So, yeah, I think if you don't like this, you're 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 disrespecting your own culture. This, this is how I felt from like the way they talk about it. I remember that I don't remember where the interview was, but he was talking about his, his family did like those kind of performances on, like on stages and whatever. And, and, uh, cause I remember he said his, his dad or somebody was like, get out there and dance fool. 
Uh, when Joe gets in the ring, he gets tons of streamers thrown at him, like it's either Japan or Ring of Honor. I thought that was pretty cool. I do too. But here's where we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's the main event of the evening. Or, I'm sorry, it's our second to last break. And it's the main event after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because... They are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's Christian Cage defending the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Samoa Joe. This one went 17 minutes, 43 seconds. These two brawl through the crowd for a while in this one. Uh, Joe kicks out of an unprettier. Christian escapes a coquina clutch. Christian tries to leave at one point and takes a, and take the count out loss. However, he gets cut off on the stage by Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Senshi, and Petey Williams, who tell him to get back in the ring. Like the ragtag group there. Uh, <laughs> up at- I've heard that word years. <laughs> uh, Joe ends up accidentally kicking the ref in the face. In the uh, face. <laughs> taking him out. <laughs> right. So, so Cage blasts Joe with a chair. Uh, Joe ends up countering Christian and hitting the muscle buster. The ref wakes up and Christian kicks out. Christian low blows his way out of a coquina clutch, goes up top, but he gets stopped. And Joe pulls him out into the center of the ring with a coquina clutch. But when Joe drops down with it, Christian rolls back into a pin and gets the three. Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I actually gave it, mm, I don't know. I'm going back and forth between two and a half and three. It was good, but I didn't think it was amazing. Let's say you. I definitely gave it three. 
four stars though would say it was better than the uh, next title match, and I don't think it was. Nah, uh, I don't even think this was better than Steiner and Angle. You know, I gave it the same rating, but I don't think it was better than that. Oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm like four stars. Like, damn, dude. Like, are they feeding you backstage information or something? <laughs> I do. I do remember watching this and like the same feeling I have with AEW today. I have with this. Like, oh my god, a non WWE guy is never going to have that title. And that's how I felt because it kept me in Christian, Kurt Angle. You know, Samojo had a cup of coffee with that, and then they went to Sting. Not you know, not necessarily a WWE guy, but wasn't a TNA guy. It just used to tick me off. Like they're just relying yeah, on right. the WWE guy so much. Yep. <sighs> I thought Christian was a great champion, but yeah, it went from him to Angle after this, and the Angle freaking dominated for like ever. I don't know. And then before that was Jeff Jarrett, and it eventually uh, pivots to Bully Ray and Jeff Hardy. Mr. Anderson. I mean, do you see a pattern here, folks? <laughs> yep. Rob Van Dam. And AJ. Well, that's Rob Van Dam AJ... I was more okay with because I felt like he wasn't ever going to get the world title and deserved it somewhere else and never did. So that one I kind of gave a pass to. Well, he'd um, been WWE champion by that point. He yeah, just... but for a month. I didn't count that. <laughs> Although that was his own dumbass fault, but still. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, after the match, Christian Cage practically makes out with the NWA world title. Not that I needed 10 minutes of pose downs, but why end the match 30 seconds before you have to cut the pay-per-view feed? Like, did you that notice five that? Minutes of, that five minutes of crowd panning? I did, but they did this a lot in TNA, though. I it know. Just this. But that five that minutes was... of crowd panning, though, really came back. Uh, the one you mentioned earlier. <laughs> right. After Elevation X. Yeah. Yeah, this one just, it, I always hated that. It was like, one, two, three, Christian wins. Yay. All right. Well, good night, everybody. See you on Thursday. Yeah, yeah they did it a lot, you know. They did it. It wasn't just the end of uh, the show either. They would do this at, at the end of big matches all the time. It's like, oh my God, they finally won the tag titles to the back. Yep. Like, dude, let it breathe. You don't constantly have to throw bull crap in there. It gets old after a while. But I guess we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and we're going to tell you what's coming up next week on the podcast and this Friday, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gives this 7.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.30 out of 10. And I gave it 7 out of 10. It wasn't very good. Let's say you. I gave it 7. I just. I didn't hate it, or sorry, C plus. So I didn't hate it, but 
I gotta watch back all the rest of them. I haven't watched all of them back yet for this year, obviously. But uh, I feel like this is probably the weakest one we've done so far. Yeah, I'd say so. And it's Destination X. Usually this was a fun show, but uh, yeah, I mean, that first tag match was just a mess. The bull rope match sucked. Uh, I'm trying to see. VKM versus the Heartbreakers sucked. (laughs) Uh, Elevation X was what it was. Yeah, and the and then of course the last rights match. So uh, they had a lot of bull crap on this. Plus all the and this was a TNA staple, but just like tons and tons of backstage shenanigans. Like, TNA right. staple, but more of a Vince Russo thing too. Yeah, like bro, more segments. Like he just loved to. Nobody wants crap. to see wrestling, bro. Apparently that's a real statement from him, by the way. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, you watch the the way he books. I mean. <sighs> And, and there's something we said for like scripting promos, not scripting promos. Like I, I don't feel like they should hand you like a five page script and be like, memorize all this, you know, bullet points are nice, but I'm watching what's coming up, uh, you know, from the NWA from 88, uh, right now. And I'm like, man, uh, if, if you ever want a case for why you should script people, this show right here, man, some well, of these promos are Matt. Some of these promos are brutal, but we'll get to it this Friday. Speaking of which, I keep talking about it. This Friday on the podcast is Double Main Event Week. We're going all the way back to 1988 for NWA Clash of the Champions 1. This show may be a lot better than people think. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in the process of watching it. I'm about halfway through. It's not a bad show. I'm not going to lie. I considered not watching the entire thing of the 45-minute draw. I ended up watching it with a friend. And, yeah. man, that match holds up so well. I'm glad I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I want to yeah, go back it, and watch that again. I haven't seen it in years. So, yeah, it's uh, I mean, for what it, for anybody that doesn't know what he's talking about, it, Sting versus Flair, I think it's the first time they ever faced off, isn't it? It's in a big match situation. I don't know if that's the first time ever, but... It's for the NWA title, uh, the big gold, and... This really held by Matt Cardona, always ready. Wow. That's something to think about. <laughs> yeah, right. That's uh, nuts. Hey, he holds the uh, gloomed, er, was it globe dome or dome, dome globe? That's it. <laughs> 10 pounds of the, the 10 pounds of gold. We'll just call it that. But uh, I don't know why you were struggling. That's literally what it's called. But <laughs> Right. And. I, I don't know. The, the show so far, like I said, has been pretty good. The promos could use some work, but other than that, and not everybody, but there are some people where it's like, why didn't you give this guy a live mic? <laughs> yeah. God we'll rest his soul, man, but Dr. Death, that's all I'm going to say. We'll I wrote down his promo preview. verbatim. We were going to go over that on <laughs> yeah. the show. It was one of the worst promos I've ever heard, and it was clearly live. This was not taped. Yeah, he's oh, like man. stuttering all over the place, too. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what he wants to say. He's like oh, trying man. to figure it out as he's going. And he clearly yeah. doesn't know what he's talking about either, which again, we'll get into it. But ugh, man, I was like, dude, why, why did anybody think, you know, we need to keep having Dr. Death cut promos. Every time he cut a promo, it was God awful. And I know you said you weren't a fan of his wrestling either. I, I didn't think he was terrible. He had some good stuff in Japan. Uh, just this. Was, but this show competed with WrestleMania four. By the way, it was literally on at the same time on free so, TV. I was watching this back with a friend. What were we doing? We were getting ready to watch. It might have been getting ready to watch uh, uh, Revolution. 
and mm-hmm. we're watching this back and we're like i'm looking at the matches going on i'm like okay what match is going on right now i'm looking at all the i couldn't do it obviously but yeah like oh the first couple matches were against these matches like i think this might have had a better show yeah oh yeah i wrestlemania 4 was not a good show like it was it's not if anything it's going to be in people's bottom five of wrestlemanias of all time and well, it kind of sucks way bottom because 9 11 exists but yeah yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 got a good argument for being there in the bottom three, though. But uh, I mean, there's also 27 that's up there. It's not great, but still better than Mania Four. So yeah, I mean, they had a good outing with this one. They just like they were on free TV. They had to not suck. I mean, that's it was all set up for them, man. So and all and, five of their tag titles on the line too. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And I know we're getting into a tangent, but I just love how Cornette rags on WWE for having multiple titles now. And here he is, smack yep. dab in the middle of the heart of it all. Huh, man, interesting. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, I, I know he wasn't the one booking it, but like, good Lord, like this was all of his heroes did this crap. This is all but, under one banner, by the way. We're not talking multiple brands, which makes sense. He conveniently right. leaves that part out every time. And he's like, well, the you know the U.S. champs always set up for the world champs, and it's like, yeah, but it didn't. The Midnight's only ever held they held the world titles one time, but they were always U.S. champs. I don't know. But we're closing out the month of March next Wednesday, everybody, with WWE WrestleMania 24, and it is our final show before WrestleMania 38, which Greg will be at in Dallas. I'm stoked. Anyway, that does it for the rest of the month. The next time we're covering a TNA show, by the way, uh, looking at the schedule, is going to be in, on April 13th. We're covering a lockdown 2007. That's all time to pay uh, your taxes and tax cheats. Good grief. Yeah, we're going to do IRS proud by uh, <laughs> covering lockdown 2007. <laughs> He's on the show we're covering on Friday, by the way. Yes, sir. Yeah, so uh, check that out. It's uh, it's Bray Wyatt's dad. <laughs> That's like I said, it's double main event week. Check it out. Get an extra show on Friday, and we'll do one next Wednesday. And check our YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. And there you can see our watch along that we did to the last rights match. And who wouldn't want to see that? I mean, my ass is already in the seat. <laughs> Damn right. Why wouldn't it be? You, you got to see it. You can't just hear about it, Greg. You got, you actually got to witness this. I don't know. Maybe misery loves company. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. We'll see you all on Friday with uh, Clash of the Champions 1 and next Wednesday with WrestleMania 24. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.